<laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, I have my co-host, Brian Gold. How's it going, guys? And uh, he was supposed to do the intro here with our new friend, but he's, uh, he has no voice. <laughs> been... can, you, can you introduce our friend, at least? My new friend, Jeff, from Vegas, specializes in real estate, a lot of other hats. We'll kind of dive down that rabbit hole now. Have you give us like a 10-minute background on yourself? Um, with my Adderall, I can do it in probably six Let's do it. No problem. Uh, 30 years in real estate. I've been doing social media since 1994 when I got the CD from America Online, AOL, for people that are, Remember that. you know, anyone that's at a certain age, like, what the shit's AOL? Uh, it was the greatest lost leader campaign ever. You'd get that CD good for 400 hours worth of internet time. And uh, I started on there and I know I was getting catfished because I thought I was having cyber sex with some leggy blonde who was playing volleyball <laughs> for UCLA. And meanwhile, it was some morbidly obese guy from Spanish Harlem with skin tags on his neck. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Don't care, not gay, raging heterosexual, but that was my experimental phase, I yeah. tell people. Um, if there was ever a time I was going to dabble, um, it was during my AOL time. Yeah. Yeah, no, no question whatsoever. I remember that because a friend of mine's mother um, it was an older woman who was married, but she had all these fucking friends from all over the earth and she was on AOL and it was like a big thing in the household because it was the one central computer. And she's like, no, it's, I'm just talking to my friends. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, she had all these relationships all over the world. It's, it's a very interesting time. It was the first time that people were able to really communicate with uh, strangers or people that had similar interests or liking from, uh, from the comfort of their home. It really took the internet into the home and made it personal. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember that nobody knew what to do with it. You had no idea. Yeah. I, I graduated high school in 87. I remember taking like basic one computer yeah. programming on an Apple IIe, yeah. which I think Steve Jobs made himself in, mm -hmm. in, in the garage. And all of a sudden, now it's you plug in your 9,600 bits per second modem, and you're, you're sitting there talking to somebody who you hope was a good looking person and they would, you know, there's no pictures, no nothing, but you, boy, I had a good time. Yeah. Ooh, it was fun. <laughs> that was, those were, yeah, those were good times. And, yeah. and, and really learned then that uh, we had a big portfolio of real estate, Canandaigua Lake, the North shore of a 17 mile long, uh, it's Finger Lakes, Western New York, near yeah. like Rochester and mm -hmm. uh, beautiful. This time of year, beautiful. Winter, no, it's, it's like a gulag. Um, but was wonderful enough that we own college housing and Brentwood Apartments. I started telling all my tenants, hey, do me a favor. When you go on your AOL account, if you had a good experience here, could you please just put down Brentwood Apartments? You know, if you're gonna go to Fairfax Community College, contact Jeff Fargo, 716-394-8090 uh, was the office phone number. And my phone would ring and I would get business from that. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is free advertising compared to back then the yellow pages was thousands of dollars. Yeah to get even a little itty bitty ad exactly. in there. It was fucking ridiculous. And so that's when it really started to hit for me and just snowballed from there. And now I'm, uh, I'm big in the, and Google, I love Google. Uh, I, I'm, I'm now 135 uh, reviews on Google. If you Google title insurance near me and you're in Las Vegas, I show up first page, Yeah. knock on wood, every single time. That's great. Yeah, and I get business from that. Uh, and I, I give reviews to people. I think now I'm like 22, 23 million um, views of my photos and videos Wow! in Google. Amazing. Yeah, thanks. That's yeah, huge. yeah it's, a, it's a, I mean, that landing page was everything, you know? And it's still to this day, we, it's right there in front of you, you know? Anything that we question this, that, you know, it just, you're right there. 
if, reading about it. If, if you're a business, it is critical. It's, it's free. It's free dollars and free to free cents to have a Google business profile. Mm -hmm. And it takes like five minutes to do and then a couple days to get verified and you're good. And yeah, they mail you the card or whatever it is. That's it. They, they mail you this stuff. And to me, that is out of any tool I've been using for, geez, 25 years in digital strategy, biggest ROI is a Google business profile. Mm -hmm. Far and away, yeah. the business I get. I still get two to three deals a month from it. It's and huge. it's people looking for escrow fees, and I just send it on to an escrow officer. A lot of times, I don't even talk to the people. Wow. It's Fizbo. It's for sale by owners. Wow. Yeah. And so it's I'm I'm woven in the Google ecosystem enough that they they love on me, but I love back on them. I'm aggregating data in the reviews I give mm -hmm. and videos I take or photos I take and give reviews. They are loving back on me. Yeah. And now I, I love uh, YouTube shorts for stuff yeah. from my podcast. I average I, I have like 350, 360 subscribers. Not a lot, but I'm getting at least a thousand to two thousand views of every single one of my shorts that are going out now. Really? Yeah, pretty close. I'm, I'm, I'm over a thousand, yeah. yeah. It just shows that there's a big turf war going on between Google, Meta, TikTok. Yeah. Those are the biggies. Yeah. And man, they're vying for your eyeballs and you know they're, they're the vying energy. for your attention. And- That's the new currency. It, it is a new currency. Attention uh, is the new currency. The, the currency within the attention currency to, currency to me, having also having a podcast is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. and when you can be vulnerable as a podcast host and when also you can create an environment where your guest is so comfortable they're also becoming vulnerable yeah if not they're just saying the same thing that they're saying on a lot of times other podcasts yeah and it's there's nothing organically sincere or germane to what they're saying uh, a lot of people are doing podcasts i'd say 95 percent of them suck they're just not done well because the person doing them isn't a good conversationalist and isn't an empath where that's why you guys have done well, is that you're very much like, as we've talked, mm -hmm. you're an empath, man. And you're very much like, here, let me help. Let me connect the dots. Let me do this for you, which that's that's me. I'm the same way. You, you, you sleep well at night when you've helped someone out. Yeah, we just had a guest on before you, and that conversation was was huge of doing something Expecting just nothing because, in return. And expecting nothing in return, because that feels like the right play at the right time for, for these people or the situation. And being that conduit to, to really bridge these gaps, you know? It's, it's funny because a lot of people look at monetary compensation as a reward. Where really, why don't you look at how you feel, yeah. how you sleep at night because you've helped somebody out. The relationship that's built off of that. Like you spoke of Brian's friend because of something he did previously. You can't put a monetary value on somebody genuinely appreciating a, a action or a thought or or somebody listening to them in a moment of weakness or, or whatever it is, you know, it's just those things, they, they live forever in people's minds. There's no, there's no way to pay for that. You, there's no way to pay for that. And we're all fighting a war or a battle at yes. some level. Yeah. All of us are. And it doesn't matter how awesome your posts are on Instagram and you know, how many followers you have, it doesn't matter. We all are fighting some type of war or battle. And for you to, in an empath, in an empathetic, empathetic way, help someone out, they could be having a miserable day and by you just giving them a hug or listening to them, yeah. turn that turn that around. Uh, I'm a big believer in that. And that's something I preach to my kids. The ripple effect I, of I, one small I kind action. That. Yep, I, I preach that to my kids. My daughter's about to be 14 and my son's seven. Okay. And yeah. uh, they are massive empaths and that is the greatest, it, it, it nourishes my soul to see them be so nice to other people or kids, whatever, it's, it, that's like, oh, 
Yeah. I'm raising good humans for right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sweet. My daughter's my, I have a seven year old daughter and she's a total sweetheart. Oh yeah. And she's, she's like that, you know? And it's like, it's, it's sometimes it's a little too much almost cause she's seven and doesn't really know how to express it, but she's just super interested and remembers everything about everybody, you know? But people comment on, on it and it, it is, it's just being an empath and listening to people and being empathetic. And, and how do you feel when you hear those, you know, compliments about your daughter? I think it's amazing. It's, it's amazing that, you know, her memory obviously serves as that because she can remember minute things about random members of family and friends. But as a child, remembering something about you or something that you got going on in your life and they bring it up as a seven year old to an adult, it's, it's nice seeing their reaction to that because it's not, you know, kids are kind of can be self-consumed. So it's, it just lets me know that she's, she's super bright and obviously that she has that memory. I have a good memory as well that, that these are things to, you know, people, people want to be understood and listened to. And when you remember things about people and you point them out, it tends to make them think that, you know, they're being heard, which is, you know, kind of the key to life, right? I, We're all looking to be heard in one way or another. We all want to be heard. Yeah. And it's, we all have something to share as well. Being in a position to accept someone sharing what, what they need to have heard is, is critical. And the war that I am now against being a dad is YouTube kids. Yeah, it's rough, bro. Or a tablet or a cell phone yeah. or whatever. And that's anything as a... As I'm guilty a, a, of it. Right? But same. But, same. Well, but it is a... It is a it's a scary First rhetoric. of all, we don't take the time to watch these things and understand what they're really soaking up from it. And some of it's good. Wait, I don't actually watch everything she watches. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, I see Miss Rachel in the background and I understand what's going on for the baby and this and that. But there's times where like, you know, they're off by themselves. When they get older, it gets yeah, a little more I'm tricky not, because I'm not there yet. you're not there yet. Yeah. When they get into an age that they can go in the room and you're like, okay, I have a free moment to myself this is when you have to start to worry. Cause like the Roblox and these other games that they play that are our all inclusive little oh, worlds, dude. there's some other shit going on in there oh, that yeah. you can't really have control of, you know? It is something that my, my daughter is very good. I mean, she's in now like musical theaters, her jam. And so that's the, she auditioned and got into a, um, a musical theater high school LVA in Vegas. I was raised by a Jewish life insurance salesman father from Queens, New York. <laughs> so I have the best bullshit detector on the fucking planet, guys. <laughs> just, I just do. I could tell yeah. within seconds. I can read body language. Before that one, yeah. Chris, what's his name? The CIA negotiator guy. Yeah. Before his book, I'm like, that's nice. I fucking knew that stuff at, you know, five years old, taking the Staten Island Ferry with my dad having Cracker Jacks. Like, I, he, taught, he taught me how to read people. The city will, that'll do that to you. Exactly. Yeah. And so... From that and from my dad now, it's like even just by genetics, it's gone on to my daughter is so good that she can bullshit me a lot of times and I won't know that she is. And it scares me. <laughs> I'm proud of her, but yeah. it scares the shit out of me at the same time. Because yeah. so far, she's she's Luke Skywalker. She's gone to walk the good way of the force so far. But man, when you have a talent like that, if she flips it, if if all of a sudden Darth Sidious calls her and says, hey, let's talk, it's much better over here. That's the part that as a dad, you just hope that you've instilled upon them common sense enough to make the right decisions. The hardest thing in the world is having your kids fail. Yeah. Um, you know, my one video that's gone viral on from my podcast was I talked about how I don't coddle my kids. I just don't. I'm not saying what I do is better than how you parent or how you parent or anybody else, but I don't coddle my kids. 
And the first thing I always say is when they come in with a challenge, what do you think? You figure it out. When you've exhausted every option, then come back to me and let's work on it together. That is the hardest thing to do as a parent because most of the time parents just go, I'll do it. Solve it. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it. And then let me get back to my thing. To invest the time to let your kids fail is so much better. And what I said. Or, or succeed. Or succeed. And, yes. you, they, and eventually they will. Yes. Even by multiple failures, you keep going. Yeah. But my theory, and I stand fast to this, is that not coddling my kid compared to someone that is helicoptering and just put a bubble around their kid, 10 years from now, if they're going for the same job, my kid's gonna eat that kid's fucking lunch yeah. all day long in an interview or even if they're working together and the boss sees that the one kid is always going to ask questions to help me where my uh, more of a growth mindset is my kid. Yeah. That's what I, that, that's the drum I am beating and I'm not, I'm politically independent. I don't give a fuck was it in Washington. Yeah, I'm for business, man. Just let's keep the train rolling. Let's keep the real estate business booming and people are always looking to buy and sell and move somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, the best referral agent Las Vegas has is Gavin Newsom. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Gavin, wherever you are. I don't know which camera, Gavin, that you're fucking watching, but I fucking love you. Just like I was getting catfished in AOL back in 93. I fucking love you, Gavin Newsom. And I'm trying to get Las Vegas Realtor Association. They should take 1% of all commissions and go to a fucking Happy Gilmore check to give him every year to reelect him governor of California for life because three out of every five people an hour moving to, or I'm sorry, a minute moving to Las Vegas are coming from Los Angeles County. Man, I just, I saw a thing with uh, Mr. Wonderful with Kevin the other day and he's like, I don't do business in California or New York. And he's like, it's like, we don't, we don't open businesses there, but just, it's, it, they're, you can't run a business from there. You know what I mean? It's like, how does, how do you let Tesla leave? How do you let Tesla leave? Bye. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. It is. What does that do to the like the the infrastructure of Santa Clara? Let alone like like what what are the and that's how you're leading this? Just oh fuck it, San Francisco, just let it go. Let them board up the buildings, don't rent them. Like they got hotels uh literally just uh you know bailing out of loans and being like keep it it's yeah. fine we'll take the loss on it like how, how office how buildings bailing out on on, yeah. on loans and on space on big leases. loans Warren, 500 million dollars on these hundreds big of millions, properties hundreds of millions in there and just saying hey I, we, we just yeah. we're done any town that has an app that shows you what streets to avoid because of human shit on first of all who fucking logs that goddamn post yeah bro like i'm all about google reviews and doing shit and doing shit Pun intended, but that I'm like I'm out. I've been to San Francisco in five or six years, it's and I so no, hard no to desire. build here. It's like it's oh, set up not suck. to work. That's, like, that's what everyone gonna, says. Layers of let shit me you gotta eat, go through. Let me eat five years of rent on a on a on a on an opportunity, basically, to try to get it to work, and then maybe fail anyway. It's like what I we're trying to give you money. Why not just take it? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like you said. I'm all for the ball fucking rolling down the hill. I thought this was good for everybody, right? It was good for the community. It was good for everybody, right? You want people in there with restaurants and businesses and coffee shops. You want to build this lively thing that we all go to other states and see that they have. And we're like, fuck, man, it would be nice if we had a place like this in L.A. that had a little sense of community and people felt comfortable at and just kind of hanging out and enjoying life. Well, we, we uh, on behalf of every single real estate agent in Las Vegas, Nevada, Fucking thank you, Gavin Newsom. Thank you. I will fucking, I'm, like I said, raging heterosexual, but if you want cuddle time, I'm coming over and be Big Spoon. 
I'm I'm totally down to Big Spoon Gavin Newsom that swarthy head of hair of his. Yeah. I'm I'm down. Um, I think that and the other city that fucking hates us is Oakland because we took the Raiders and now we took the goddamn A's. It's a done deal. Yeah. We're, we're building a stadium, like a $1.9 billion. It's going to be gorgeous on the strip. They're blowing up the trop. Yeah. Thank God. The trop, that, that place. That, that I hear people complaining about it, but I'm like, why? It just brings more money. I get the traffic and this and like, yeah, bro, you're walking around anyway. Just but go around. Or if you're driving down the fucking strip, then. What's up? I'll tell you something. I've yeah. gone to we, my, my company, uh, Bill Foley, who owns the Golden Knights, is the chairman of the board of Fidelity National Financial, which owns Fidelity National Title. It's my company. So I, I went to probably 20 games, the Golden Knights games this year. Look, you don't drive. You fucking... They go back to back Stanley Cups and win it this year? Uh, they, they won it. This is the first year they won it. Yeah, but they went, were they in last year or the year they before? Were, their, their first year, which I think was 17, they made it to the finals. Yeah, bro. Like that's unheard of. So they they won it this year. Yeah. And the thing is, there was no riots. Everybody was cheering and got shit faced. The whole town was drunk for a week. Yeah. But there's like look at like Philly. Something good happens in Philly. They're fucking Molotov cocktailing police cars. Yeah, Philly's out of out of joy. Yeah, Philly's. And it just shows you the culture of Vegas. Like they just had to close down the strip and did a whole parade. Like three hundred thousand people showed up. No problems. No arrests. They know how to make the show successful and peaceful you know what i mean yeah and the show goes on regardless it, the, and the people rate, keep showing up people keep whether you're sad or you're happy you're gonna come to vegas yeah you're gonna drink the nightlife of the clubs now make more money than gaming yeah you do uh which is hysterical to me because i mean i'm 53 i've been coming to vegas since i was 21. yeah and now live there for 11 years and i've watched that's it wild i've watched it now entertainment take over because yeah. that's what it is it's yeah. big kid disneyland and the kids can come too yeah. And it's not about the gaming as much because a lot of people don't gamble. This guy don't gamble. I don't gamble. I don't. He drink. doesn't drink. Yeah, I'm, but I still go to Vegas and have a good time, eat fine. good food. There's something for everybody. We have more five star restaurants than any other city. It's in the best the world. restaurants in the world. And now I'll go to like premier restaurants, and I like the Vegas locations better than all the oh, originals. I just go to Vegas for Carbone. Carbone in it. So Carbone's great. Carbone's great. Carbone's great. And I would rather food wise, like the New York environment of Carbone is is something else, but. The food is better in Vegas. Yeah, um, the food is better. And uh, uh, insider inside baseball for you, there's a bunch of restaurants off the strip that are even great. That are even better because it's chefs that were in that at, at Carbone. Yeah, but it's very corporate. And, you know, it's Aria corporate, and they're like, yeah, I'm an artist. Every chef is. They're all nuts. Yeah, um, they're all they addicts to something. Show. But every plate is a piece of art. Mm -hmm. And once they hit a certain level, they're gone. Doesn't matter about the money anymore. Name five for us right now. Five restaurants in Vegas that are that are off, off. the strip, that that you would say are are just top tier. Echo and Rig, uh, Cleaver, Herbs and Rye, uh, Bootlegger, is a great one. And then uh, for brunch, I would go to Batiglia which is off the strip. It's in Green Valley Ranch, which is owned by Station Casinos, but it's a locals casino, four-star property. Yeah. Uh, it's the official property of Jeffrey Mark Fargo. When I go for staycations, mm -hmm. it's 20 minutes from my house. I'll take my kids there. Okay. And we love it. It's a good property. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they also, they have, well, the one six bonus is Hank's um, at Green Valley Ranch. They have the best dirty martinis on the fucking planet. Wow, it's I like, like dirty martinis. It's like Jesus Christ himself went, thou shalt make dirty martinis, boop. And touch Hank and Hanks. Huh? Okay. Their happy hour. Only better the dirty martini at Hanks is a dirty martini at Hanks at fifty percent off, and that's happy hour. Awesome. The glass is like 
iced over with shards of ice floating on top of the dirty martini, and they hand pack all the olives with blue cheese. Is Vegas the best city on earth, do you feel like? That's a great question. Um, I've traveled a little bit. Like, I've been Sounds a, like you love it. I, I love Vegas. Yeah. But Vegas is, I mean, I'm ADHD, boom, 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 let's That's a go. lot. It, it, it works with that, right? It fits it. Vegas has been very good to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Financially, friends, everything. Yeah. Um, I've built and now, knock on wood, defend my brand. I'm mm -hmm. done building it, really. That's kind of do my thing. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, you know, it kind of started to take off for me, which yeah. I'm, it's a blessing. It's not for everybody. That's why no. we're such a transient town. Uh, yeah. an average family lasts about three and a half years in Las Vegas. Why do you think that is? Vices. Vices. It, it, well, it's they, they can't handle all the vices. Yeah. Uh, you know where I, I live. Finding in, the balance. It's finding that balance. You know, I, I go to Albertsons to do my grocery shopping. Well, we have their slot machines yeah. there. Now I walk past it. Don't think twice about it. But there's always two or three people in there feeding those machines. Yeah. And those liquor work. stores, gas stations, 7-Elevens, they're, yeah. they're, 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 yeah, they're Harry yeah. Airport. Gambling, gambling problem is a tough place to be. That's boozing. You don't want to be there. Uh, if, if you don't have control over your vices, you don't want to be there. But also people think that when you live there, that you live on the strip. I don't live on the fucking strip. Yeah. I live 15 minutes away. But if you were to be in my house right now, when you walked out, you'd think like you're in Phoenix. Yeah. You know, or Albuquerque or any yeah. warm cli climate desert, uh, you know, environment. Beyond that, I, I, I like it there a lot. Yeah. Um, and it can be very good to you. There's solid people there. Um, it's a very small town when you get to know, especially in the real estate industry. We all yeah. know who we are. We know who's good. We know who's full of shit. Uh, there's a few people now that have an audience on social media, but boy, you've got you know 100,000 followers, but only 6,000 people or 400 people are looking at your reels. Yeah. Um, what, what's going on with that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> telltale sign, huh? Telltale, and that, I'm teaching a lot of people about that. Uh, yeah, the, how to pay attention to content. How to pay attention to content. How to pay attention to who to, to listen to. How, how to really quantify who you're going to spend your time listening to. Yeah. Because uh, you can so easily now buy an audience that you look at how many people are commenting. Yeah. How many people are, are viewing? Look at the engagement that's going mm -hmm. on. I'm here for the comments. Comment section is my favorite part about social. So here's my here's my bomb. I don't even have to say anything. I can just just be in there, just living in it. Well, like the post we did with Emily, that comment section went wild. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> yeah. And that helps. And then I, I that probably post I'm sure went viral. Oh, it hit right a million and a half views, twenty five hundred comments. And that's that's the part that I love when you see people starting to tag somebody else and arguing. Yes. About something that you started. 500 comments ago yeah and you just sit back and go oh yeah now we have a now we have an open conversation this is a dialogue it's wonderful and this I, is the real dialogue i i rarely uh block or delete any comment unless it's just really vicious and mean yeah then i get rid of it but you can come at me about my hairline you can come at me about my age uh one person said oh look uh look at his age low t alert and i said um i don't think so you have to ask and i tagged my girlfriend and then she went right in and goes, oh, no, his, his testosterone is just fine. Yeah. Which was hysterical. But it takes an organic level of conversation. Something that I do now is also if someone leaves me a not nice comment, I use uh, ChatGPT. And I take the uh, video. I put it in Descript. Descript pulls a transcript of that 30-second short. I put it in ChatGPT and give a little background on Fargo Talks, my podcast, and say, here's a transcript from a video that I posted, and here's a not nice comment. Please create five funny replies 
to the not nice comment and it gives me gold. There you go. And I take that and copy and paste that and put it in. That's a new use for ChatGPT for those listening out there. Um, that, that's a big comment one. gold. Yeah, that's a big one. And when you start then getting those comments and people it's are laughing because you're taking your ego out of it and it's and it's just a, a a very analytical way of dealing with this, right? It's great. And I amazing. I love it. And it's it's, it's, it's a taking a really high road. Way, yes, but it? it's funny. And if you can't make somebody laugh, it's like it, when you make somebody laugh, it's the most disengaging. Just it, it breaks down the barrier. I try to I try to do that, too, with the trolls. Like I kind of like try to hit them with the with kill them with kindness, but also on some witty shit, but in a friendly manner, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, I, I like to do that as well. Because if you can make them laugh, even while they're trying to bash you, is like really the best, you know, I feel like I've, I've won in that situation. I'm gonna start releasing some carousel posts of slides revolving of just copy and paste of my my replies yeah. to what people have said. And 80% of them is ChatGPT wow. has, has come up with it. and. It's fucking hysterical what really? this thing can do. And I no. now have this super long prompt because it keeps learning with every time you put more information in. So it just knows that it's a podcast. I'm located in Las Vegas. I want to keep it funny. Don't I don't want to hurt anybody. Let's just keep it, you know, super light. And it comes up with wonderful suggestions. <laughs> and I say come up with five. Cause then I'll I'll use one of those or a hybrid of two is where my That's brain great. goes with it. So there's there's one for you, whoever wants to use it, take that. I think we just got a little a little uh, masterclass on uh, chat GPT and other ways to use it. Things that people aren't thinking of. This it, is how it, this is how it starts, you know, outside it, of the box things. It, for me, it's I, I and now this is how the AI grows in itself as well as creative, positive input to help this thing make us better as a whole of humanity, right? It, it takes Moore's law and throws it out the fucking window in terms of how long it takes to like to get things learned by, by machine learning. Yeah. And it really can help in terms of organizing your thoughts and what direction you want to go. Mm. And when you're feeding it actual transcripts of you speaking, it learns your style. Oh, it learns brilliant. who you are. It's brilliant and scary all at the same time. It is, but it's 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 good, though. Why scary? He's thinking, I know what he's going to go with. Go ahead. I don't really have the voice to go yeah, there. I, I think he's thinking just because of security measures. But that's it's, the only reason it's all out there, bro. And I, this is the problem is, is that we've accepted our fate and our fate is totalitarian, like totalitarian control. Agreed. And if you accept the fact that, look, man, there's going to be nothing that's not accessible. It's a two-way street. It always has been. You got the phone in your pocket. Don't talk to me about being tracked or this and that while you're carrying around the tracker with you're, the microphone and the camera. Been tracked for years. That's it. Please, before Everett Snowden. First of all, you're not that fucking important. Thank you, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking can we can we hear from the fucking cheap seats? The Thank ego, you. the ego. No the, one the gives ego a fuck about you. Of, no like one cares about you. That you're on their fucking Stop radar. It. Yeah. Just mind your business. Stay in your lane. Yeah. You know, try not to get too political and you'll probably be all right. You're fine. Yeah. There's certain things you might want to avoid talking about, like yes. you mentioned. But I, I tell people that all the time with digital strategy coaching. I'm like, no one really fucking cares about that. They're so worried about their own imperfections yeah. that if you have like a piece of olive right here on your teeth as you're doing a video, no one really gives a shit. No, they don't care. It actually makes you more approachable 100%. the more human you look. Yeah. And well, they find with creators that the fucking crazy content they do doesn't get the same as the fucking just the front camera 
da 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 or walking yeah. around and doing this. Some it's of the way more engagement off of 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 low phone. quality, low, low cost, low production media. value. Sorry, low production value. Yeah, it you works. Know, he and tells I, me all the time, use my phone instead of his camera. Right. I, I mean, we're, we're both, LA is very similar to Vegas in terms of that looks are very important to people. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, younger kids, a lot of it, you know, women work in the industry, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at a, a day club or whatever, and now all of a sudden they go into real estate and they feel like they've got to have their makeup right and all that, which that's wonderful, embrace your beauty, but you know what? It's just as good as you just came out of a workout and you women don't um, sweat, they glow. I learned that one. And so if you're glowing, you got a baseball cap on with a ponytail sticking out the back, Hop on a video, then she, with no makeup on. Yeah. Talk to me, because then I I feel if I'm I then feel that you're more approachable to me and I am to you. There's some great game right there, guys. If you know that is that is approachable, that does translate. Listen to a man for once, maybe if that's the attention you're trying to get, and start there. You know, I think we both are are male and female are both uh, guilty of that of thinking that we know what the other one wants and not really listening to. The other side of the coin or approaching listen. that market the same you know just listen yeah that's it and and it's okay if you stutter or stammer one of the best watched videos that i've ever seen are bloopers mm -hmm. remember like the old burt reynolds movies like mm -hmm. gumball rally with dom DeLuise? we love that bro at the end when they're rolling the credits yeah, so they good. play the fucking bloopers the and bloopers burt reynolds has one had one of the blessed rest his soul one of the best giggle laughs of all time that laugh of his. It's real. And you smile, get goosebumps when you think about that. Yeah. And any of their movies that they did, they'd always run blooper reels at the end. And I'd always sit and watch the you know credits roll. Me and my kids, we still watch like America's Funniest Home Videos. My son's like four and he'll be like, dad, put on funny videos. And he's no, just he's like- Five now. Five now, he just turned <laughs> five yesterday. Um, we'll watch it and it's like great time because it's light nobody has to think too much and we all sit there and enjoy it and it's like this nice little precursor before we go to sleep um on burt reynolds he was a cool ass dude i did a episode of evening shade when i was a kid so i actually got to work with them he was uh he was pretty he was pretty cool dude i mean like him and boogie nights yeah, amazing come amazing on. yeah come on I, yeah. It's, and nobody could rock a hairpiece and get away with it like Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, he knocked got, that out of the park. You got a pass. It's actually funny. My, uh, that's my my uh, my oldest daughter. Her mom is Bill Emerson. Is who the character that Bill uh, that uh, he played. Um, Burt played Bill Emerson in the movie. That's the character that he played in Boogie Nights, and that's her godfather, actually. That's hysterical. Yeah, uh, her mom was like a, a a script supervisor in the porn industry. John Holmes was her best friend. Crazy. LA cocaine stories. It's it's a, it was a wild time, but yeah, that movie was really kind of there too. You know, I, I learned that I wasn't gay at about 11 years old. My dad had on Beta those young girls, Tracy Lords, John Holmes, Ron Jeremy. It was like a murderer's row of porn stars. Mm -hmm. It was like the 99 Yankees. The Beta on on on. But my dad, God bless him, a Jew. And they really used to shoot them. He got, what he did was he got VHS and beta at the same time to hedge his bet. He didn't know which one was gonna take off. And, I remember and, that with the with it, the DVDs and the, the Blu-rays and the this. Laser discs. The laser discs, the yeah. The fucking laser discs they yeah. had. So yeah, my dad would have that. There's always I, competition that we forget oh, about. Oh, please, and my, my parents split up and I'd sleep on the couch, thank God, only child, and my dad would be asleep and I'd sneak over and put in those young girls and rub one out. It's fucking wonderful, <laughs> loved it.
<laughs> loved it. Tracy Lord's getting fucking destroyed by John Holmes. Yeah, John God Holmes bless. is a monster, bro. God yeah. bless his heart with his fucking six D cell mag light cock. Yeah. I'm half Irish, so it's like I got nothing. I got nothing but quick I have nothing but quick wit. That's it. Uh he was a trip, man. Um Val Kilmer did a good job playing him in that film that he did too. I saw that. Yeah, he did a good job. Val Kilmer what was that Wonderland, right? Wonderland. Yeah. Um, was phenomenal. It was a great film. And that's a guy that could just, I mean, Heist. Him and Heist. I have a buddy Richie who's on the tactical for SWAT in um, in Metro, and he said that there's certain units and military units that watch that um, the bank shootout scene when he's changing the clip. And it's a, it's a, um, it's on an AR-15. It's, I think it's like an AK-47 he's got. And, no, HK, sorry, it's HK-91. And how he changes and racks a load is so fast and it's not, there's no CGI He was great there. in heat, too. He was great in heat. That's another big, that's a, heat. another that was big. Heat, I'm heat. sorry. Yeah, that's one of movie. the best gunfights ever, bro, that, on film. I remember seeing it military because. Military units watch that. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Well, the North Hollywood shootout happened right around. after that. Yeah. That That's happened great. precursor to it, actually. Yes, the heat came out because uh, a friend of mine I was working with, his dad was a cinematographer at the time. We were doing a film together and his dad was in the academy, so he would get all the screeners. And this is when they were on VHS. So getting the screeners on VHS, that was a big fucking deal because nobody had access to any of this shit. And you just got dropped all of the films for the year, basically. And if they came out like where they were going to get voted on, this shit might not hit the theaters for months and you're already watching it. So I remember seeing Heat. It had a profound effect on me, that film. What a great movie, yeah. Michael Mann? Michael Mann, yep. Oh, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Just the way he would, his lighting and how it's dark. That storytelling was so great uh, in that film. And a fun fact for you. really in there too, you know? Tom Sizemore, yeah. who was in it, who's like one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's an amazing uh, actor, bro. Was back when I was married, I'm with my, my wife at the time and our friends, we came from, from Vegas to here. We're in West Hollywood and we go to the bathroom in a, in a pizza place. And our friend Paula comes out and there's a, she goes, I found a wallet. I'm like, here, give it to me. Tom Sizemore? It's Tom Sizemore's wallet. Get out of here. It had his, it had his, um, his credit cards. It's a Tom Sizemore, it had a whole thing. And the funniest part was it had a business card of a banker, a woman banker, and on it he wrote cunt. <laughs> I, I can't make this shit up. We go to the, we go to the nearest uh, police station. I, try, I go here, it's, this is someone famous's wallet. You might want to reach out to him. And then literally about two days later, uh, he finds me on Facebook and sends me a message and says, hey man, thanks so much. He did like a tweet going, Jeff Fargo's awesome, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you're ever in Vegas. I don't know if you're sober or not sober, but you want to hang out and have dinner or whatever. Would love to connect with you. And so yeah. that was it. But it was it was super cool. Yeah, he's um, cool my, my little like brush with Tom Sizemore and saw like his, saw his balance in his ATM. That's all I'm going to say. Some, uh, sometimes keeping your eyes open creates uh, opportunities. It was, it was, cr that was crazy. That yeah. was cr I'm like, it's fucking Tom Sizemore's wallet. Yeah, and he wild. left it in a bathroom and in a pizzeria in West Hollywood like seven years ago. <laughs> I wonder what he was doing in there. Thank you. No idea. Didn't have a black light or a dog to sniff. Yeah. Didn't want to know. But I'm, I'm a fan of his work. And Set his wallet down in the bathroom. And he put his wallet down and it was on the floor. And uh, in, a, in a unisex bathroom, Interesting. which is fucking hysterical. The well, one thing going back to um, not hacks, but how to grow on social media, like when yes. I'm using ChatGPT, something else I'm, I've, I, and I know this works. When you get a video and you're at 50 to 100,000 plays, so it's starting to roll, at least 50,000, and you start to see people are sharing it to their stories. And you see that little thing at the top, 
every time what I do is I say thanks, a little fist pump emoji, and then I give it the clappy hands thing that goes up, and I give a little heart. So I'm engaging with those people. Yes. And I do it now, it's still rolling. So I do it like 15, 20 times a day. Yeah. I still do it, give those people love. And if they reply back and went, you know, preach on brother, whatever, I have a um, quick key thing. I hit TT and it shows up. Here's more good stuff. And there's a link to my YouTube channel. Yeah. It's a, uh, we forget that it's social media and you're supposed to be social. Yeah. I've gotten more following from just commenting on people and telling them thank you and sending them personal messages. Every year on my birthday, people send me the birthday messages and I individually go through and respond to everybody. And my wife said, why don't you just respond with like a stock thing? And I was like, well, a lot of these people I know personally or know me and we have some type of background convo and I want everything to be unique to that situation or unique to that because it's got to be personal, right? And I take the time to reply to everybody. It usually takes me like the whole day on my birthday, actually. But I do that because, you know, I want to be engaged with the people that are taking the time to engage with and me. And what that means to them, you know, because you're someone that you're you're someone that they they watch you and you're you're part of their life. Yeah. With the work you've done. Thank you. Is, you're welcome. Yeah. That's like so fucking cool. Yeah. And I'm blowing smoke up your skirt, man. But for you to take the time. Yeah. One day out of the year to go thank you. Yeah. Like we talked about before, somebody could be, I guarantee you, of the hundreds of people you're doing that to, they're having a bad day. They just got to fight with their wife. They backed over the fucking family guinea pig where they were going to work that day in yeah. the driveway. For you to say thank you, a little emoji. That's it. What that does, yeah. you know, talk about that butterfly effect, the ripple effect, is astronomical. And people aren't aware of when you start to get clout on social media, let's say Instagram, for instance, that people are going to say horrible things to you. Yeah. Horrible things, horrible things about your family. Yeah. But when it happens to me, I don't give them permission to offend me or hurt me. Only I can do that to myself. Yeah. And so bring it. And like I said, might be out of now I'm at 2.2 million views on one of them, maybe five or six times. So people I've just said, goodbye, you're, you're gone. Yeah. But the rest of them, Bring Go it, man. It. Bring the engagement. That's Have fine. A, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you a voice here. Yeah. I, I respect the fact that a lot of I say, you know what? We're going to agree to disagree about parenting. If, if you want to coddle your kids, okay. I just, this is where I think and I'm standing my ground. And it, there's an overwhelming majority of people now that are agreeing with me. Yeah. That's it. I, I, I think that we're afraid in the society now to have an opinion. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that we've gotten to the point where people are scared to have an opinion or scared to voice their actual opinion because they feel like they're going to be scrutinized or in fear of losing their livelihood or anything or any number of things, especially with a public platform. And you look at like Gen X, oh, we don't give a fuck <laughs> at yeah, once, all. Once you feel solid in your role and you have a business of your own that you know, you know, that doesn't really affect you, I think it's different the way that, you know, that, that people, you approach it from that situation is that this is who I am and people that fuck with me well and people that don't then it is what are, it is. If you're consistently open and honest and vulnerable yeah, on a video setting like this, you are, like I said before, you're breathing rarefied air Yeah, because it is, you're so unique to all the other noise that's going on. Well, I know when I speak about my family and I get the calls or the text or somebody heard or actually listened to an episode and took some little thing I said. Didn't Paige listen to one? Yeah, Paige probably did. And I've posted things, but my mom hit me about something about her that was negative. And then, and then like a month later hit me about something that was super positive or something that I posted that was like 
supporting her and, and, and something. But it's like, I think she said like, don't ever try to try to use me to make money like that or something. And I'm like, well, first of all, there's no money to be made. Second of all, like, that's my reality and my truth, right? So you can't, that's the vulnerability of understanding it. So it isn't, it wasn't about you. You're, you're owning that's, your words. That's me speaking yeah. my reality, right? And that's, that's really cool when you can speak your reality and that doesn't mean I'm judging you. It's this not means judgment. This is my perception it's, of, and the, that's why of what that is. People are so fucking sensitive now yeah. for shit. And I'm just like, just I'm just saying what I what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm not saying it to hurt you. Mm -hmm. If you're hurt by my words, you're letting yourself be hurt. 100. percent Was something ringing with that? You're you're validating that if that's the way you're taking it. And that's 99 percent of any negative comment I get on any of my social media platforms. It's you see somebody that has. Uh, you can't even comment back sometimes. It's like or it's a private comment. It's I so swear, weird. sometimes also it's bots. I swear to God, yeah. it's Putin or somebody with fucking bots just, just to get in. Shit. Just to <laughs> He's fucking sitting there shirtless on a fucking horse with judo, fucking doing his thing, cocksucker. And he's got some motherfuckers that are in there with bots. Hey, us if Elon, feel bad about ourselves. If Elon has enough time to respond to all this <laughs> yes. shit on Twitter, then Putin definitely has enough time to be Dude. running a, a worldwide bot program. Listen, everyone thinks Vladimir's got cancer. <laughs> Fuck that. He's botting. He's fucking. <laughs> He's, a, he's the biggest internet troll in the world. Fuck yes. <laughs> he's, he's got a fucking, like, it's something like out of Gravity Falls. He's got a whole fucking wall of TVs. It's all monitors, like the fucking Matrix. He's just looking at fucking comments and going at people. That's what Vladimir Putin's doing. That would be a good skit. And I, I shit, we might not be far off. <laughs> That's the scary part. It, it, I think it's very scary. I think it's very true that either... Him. What do they say? Who, he who controls the memes runs the world, right? We had that, that moment with the GameStop and all of the stonks and that these, AMC, the power of this thing at this point now is, is that it can change industry overnight, right? Oh. And public perception can change and switch and turn on entities or things or affect their sales or this or that. Everybody is aware that this is dangerous and this can unite people on a, in a certain way and that the people do have power in a sense that now we can give our attention to things and through that attention it can you know it can get the ceo's attention if it's by stock price or whatever it is but the powers that be are definitely paying attention and if we think they're not playing firsthand then you know they are for sure i i think they're paying attention i think that I'm a hopeless optimist with stuff. Me too. Right? And I, I yeah. think there's more good people in the world than bad. Yeah. I, I just do. And I, I've seen it. I've seen it in real life. I don't think people are bright enough for a lot of the conspiracy shit that goes on either. Just as a general whole, I'm like, fuck, I've met all types of people, like really talented, successful people. And I start to think about shit. And like, I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> it's just, we're not that fucking, we're not that smart, bro. <laughs> well, it's like we said before, we don't matter that much. And we don't matter that much either. We really don't. No. And I, I don't think I do. And why millions of people are now watching my shit, I'm humbled by that. I'm yeah. flattered by that. But also I'm like, okay, if, if they shut, if, if Zuckerberg one day was like, I'm done. I'm turning this fucking switch off for meta. Okay. I, I'm, I'm fine I'll with live, that. bro, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just fine. I've got... Two genetically superior children. My kids are so fucking cute. They belong in picture frames at Hobby Lobby. There you go. But they're fucking beautiful. And I love them. I'm an active dad in their lives. My ex and I get along really well. There's no drama. They see that. And I'm in love. I'm dating a girl in Tampa. We're doing a long distance thing. I'm good. How do you make that work? Uh, we see each other about once a month. 
mm -hmm. and we make it work. Yeah. Um, we talk on the phone all the time. I'm up at five o'clock every morning. I walk over five miles almost every morning. Really? She's wow. the first call I make. Wow. And with the with the distance in time, she's a nurse, and so and she works graves. So she's just getting off and driving home usually wow. when I'm calling her. Beautiful. And so we we talk uh, FaceTime, and but it makes the time we're together even better. Yeah. Uh, my best friend of thirty years, uh, his son got married in Charlotte uh, last month. So. Brandy flew up and we spent four days together. Best four days ever. Awesome. It was awesome. Her and I are going on a cruise in a week from, no, this coming Saturday. Nice. Um, we, a week from Saturday we're going and it's 18 and up. Virgin Cruises. Thank you, Richard Branson. Yeah. No kids. Where are you going? Uh, out of Miami and we're going to have sex for five days. I don't fucking care where we're going. Dope. <laughs> I don't fucking care. I'm balls deep for fucking five days. Don't care. Don't fucking good. care where we're going. Good. We'd be going to fucking North Pole. Don't care. The boat's a good place for that too. Oh, yeah. It's. I, and she's sending me now all these short form videos. You don't videos. have to go anywhere. It's all that closeness you're and right the range there. and you're just chilling. You're right there. It and makes they, things, they're cool. Yeah, dude, cruises are cool. Our, and our, we have one with a balcony. It has a hammock in it. I'm bringing a fucking black light, by there the way, and bleach. But I'm going to clean that shit. I'm going to disinfect yeah. that whole thing. I'm fucking, you know, Gus Grissom from CSI fucking Vegas. <laughs> Old school, the original fucking good CSI before yeah. fucking jumped the shark. But... I did an episode of that show. It was great. Did you really? Yeah, it was really cool. The I original a, one? Yeah, the original CSI. It was a cool, cool episode too. I played some little, some little gangbanger kid from Vegas, and I, I robbed. I tried to rob the taco stand guy, and, uh, and he like stabbed. He stabs my friend and throws hot grease in my face, <laughs> and so I go, I go steal a Hummer. And I'm gonna run over his taco stand, but some dude pulls out in front of me, and I run over his car and get him. So Grisham and homeboy come to the hospital. And they catch me there, you know, on the hospital bed, Lawrence Lafontaine. And I turn around and they say, ah, this and that, you know, it was, it was a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool uh, episode. Please find that clip. On. Please find that clip and play that. Yeah, yeah. When, and take that as a short and please play that over. And that would be awesome. Oh, I want to see that. One. It's so cool. So I'm cool. sitting there and it's like, it's like, fuck, man, everybody knows that taco guy in my hood to get to get to get uh, to get punked by his old ass and not doing anything. And they said, That's well. Great. That's that might be the dumbest thing we've ever heard. <laughs> it was fun to shoot though. It was a cool, it was a cool production. That's uh, it, it's stuff like that that I I just I love hanging out with. I mean, you get the references, pop culture stuff. Like yeah. that's my brain. Yeah, that's and, how I am too. And I'm talking to people now. Like if I'm talking to them like in their 30s, they're looking yeah. at me like what? Well, we used to what? before the internet. We used to just scream like Chappelle quotes and like movie quotes at each other, Anchorman yeah. and all these movies and stuff. So that was like my thing with our friends. It was either music or like pop culture, like comedy reference. So I'm very witty on that like front. And I love to have those banters with people, you know? It's I actually, fun fact, I, I have nothing like you do. Met Dave Chappelle last year. Oh, did you? I've met never him. met Dave, yeah. Uh, my, the, my, Big fan. My favorite, favorite, favorite property in all of Las Vegas is the Waldorf Astoria, mm -hmm. right next to Aria. Yeah. No gaming, phenomenal place. Took yeah. my kids there for a staycation last year. And then I was single. So I'm there with my kids. I, I play with my kids, but I'm looking over and there's this ridiculously hot chick in a bikini. Whenever I'm making my kids laugh, she was laughing. Game over. Then I knew. Then it's like, come on. And he was there that next day. And she was there too. And he was in the cafe. It's open air. And I see him and I'm like, fucking, he's the greatest comic in the world, right? Ever. My, my opinion. Ever. And ever. Yeah, and I probably. grew up with listening to Pryor, yeah, Carlin, yeah. like Carlin's Eddie Murphy. Eddie that's Murphy. who I grew up with. Yeah. And there's none better than, it's like savant level stuff yeah. is Chappelle. And 
So I walked up to him. I stayed about 15 feet away because right after the Hollywood Bowl thing happened where he got like, yeah. assaulted on stage, it was just him and another guy. He was wearing a t-shirt from one of his concerts with some other guy on it. Like no swag, no posse, eating lunch. I said, yeah, hey Dave, Dave, I just want to thank you for your humor is helping me now and has helped me get through my divorce. And he was touched. He's like, man, I'm, I'm sorry. He goes, thank you. He goes, I'm so sorry about your divorce. I go, don't be sorry. I'm about to pull that piece of ass out of here tomorrow. And he laughed his ass off. Good. And I made the greatest comic in history laugh. That's dope. I, I'm like, Lord, take me now. Yeah. I'm what good. A great, what a great, what a great thing. Amazing you know? interaction. It was, yeah. it was so cool. And then I bounced. I left on a Casanza, left on a high note. That was it. Didn't overstay my welcome. And, and that was it. But it was so cool to interact with him. And he's approachable. Yeah. But didn't ask to get a photo. I just don't do that. No, like, I don't with, do it either. With anybody who's, you know, who's, who is of notoriety, it's like, yeah. it, it, I, like I know what it's like to be like, you know, that person. So I don't want to be, I'm not like to be Dave, but I know what it's like to be like, damn, I got shit to do right now. I don't really have time, but you know what I mean? But I do still like to like, anytime I see somebody that I know, or maybe we talk online and we don't know each other personally. And then I don't like reach out to them. And uh, that I'm mad about it later. So I try to take those opportunities as opportunities to have these amazing interactions and experiences with cool people, you know? I, I, people I are people, say, it's, it's good to hear. It's like a Haley's Comet moment when you're gonna run into Dave Chappelle at the fucking pool at the Waldorf Astoria in yeah. Vegas. And he's there with this one other guy and you make both of them laugh. Yeah. It was just a really cool interaction that it wasn't filmed, there's no recording of it, nothing, but I've got it here forever. That's right. And I'll, re I'll recite that story all the time. How do you feel about that as being a parent while we're on that subject of like, how do you feel? Cause you come from a time like we come from where everybody didn't have a fucking camera in everybody's face constantly. Or like we go to the show or the game and now they're like, you don't even watch anything anymore because everybody's trying to film it to like put it on their social or to have that moment, right? Do you feel like we've lost like the, the, the presence of being in these moments and really getting to experience them? What he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, I think that um, I strike a really good balance with, with my social media. I, I think, I don't think, I know I'm a good storyteller. Uh, I just took my daughter to Manhattan for five days and she's about to turn 14. And I was born in Manhattan and my dad is from there. So yeah, I have roots fun. there and yeah. I live there. And so to take her and we saw two Broadway, we saw Hamilton. I did that with my daughter. I'll tell you afterwards, go Th ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, um, cool. You know, saw Funny Girl, did a helicopter tour and you know, saw the, all of Manhattan Island and saw a Yankee game, mm -hmm. just did everything. And that's the stuff that why we're parents. And yeah. that if I, I through the, you know, luckily with what's going on in my life can take her there and do that. That was the best vacation of my life in 53 wow. years because it's an experience that we had, but I was smart enough to, I record some stuff, but Alex, my daughter knows that that's part of my gig. What I do for my job is, is digital, you know, strategy. And so I would capture stuff, but then stop. We'd go all morning and walk, 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 walk. It's Manhattan, go back to the hotel in Midtown. Then I would post. Yeah. And I know my audience on all the channels, I would only post the New York stuff on Facebook, my personal stuff and then Instagram stories. Yeah. And that's where I put it. And then what happens is going back to work, I have one of my partners at work now circling back every single realtor that commented on my Facebook stuff. She's calling them and setting an appointment for us to meet with them. Wow. Smart. Is how I monetize. Yeah. And that's no one really does that. No. And I'm not saying that that I'm 
I say it from humility. I say it from a point of sharing that if someone else is listening to this, yeah. you guys, that's how you there monetize is, this thing. There is ways in there. That's that's how you do it. You know, things like yeah. using ChatGPT to to reply to people, uh, replying to and engaging with people when they share your content to their story on Instagram. When you're going on vacation, always have that experience be in your heart and your brain first, and with your your family that comes first. But if you can capture some of that, without you know, without throwing shade on the actual experience you're, in itself, do it. And it, it can be done. Yeah. You just have to have that internal, you know, barometer of yeah. this is too much. And there's times my daughter would be like, Dad, get off. Like, how many times does a 14 year or 13 year old girl say to her 53 year old dad, get off your phone? Yeah. It's usually the other way around. It is. And so my kids are very good with that, that they'll tell me, I'll, I'll get off it um, and, and do that. So I think that I love what Rogan is doing with the mothership in Austin. His comedy club is no cell phones. Yeah, that's dope. I like that too. I Dave Chappelle, I seen him. His show was like that. They put him in the thing, and you. They have a little baggie yeah, that little like bags. Faraday you can't. Bag. A Faraday bag yeah. is what they it have, and I think that is it unlocks at the end. Then of everybody it. appreciates it, and they and film it better than us. And that's it. Yeah. It is just. I think that is brilliant. It's a. It's a callback to how things used to be, and people are doing it. I've had. I had one presentation to fifty realtors two weeks ago, and I said, I have a favor to ask all of you. And our realtors are on their phones like all the goddamn time. Everyone, turn your phones off. Yeah. Everyone did. Every one of them did. No one said, fuck you, I'm leaving. No, I'm not turning my phone off. Everyone turned their phones off to listen to my presentation when I had to share with them about social media. Wow. And so people will do it. Yeah. So it's, it's a be... long answer to a short question, but I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm all for unplugging, knowing when to plug in and when not to. That's the tricky part. Yeah, my phone was getting hot in my pocket. It was on the camera. Hey, that's called the uh, second date where I come yeah. from, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to do the trip to New York with my daughter. I did a thing out there, and we did the we went and saw Bronx Tale, and Chaz Palminteri was actually playing himself, which was incredible. Um, it was really cool. It was a cool moment, though. And she was about, I think she was like 16 at the time, and I happened to do some like, uh, what the hell was it? I think it was, uh, what's the show they do on Dateline where like, they set up little things and then like see if regular people will stop or intervene. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, that's uh, John, uh, uh, Mexican guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cool. John Quinones. Uh huh. Yeah, and the show. I so I did a show and I played one of the guys. I played some kid's dad and it was that a thing. It was fun. But I got to take my daughter on that trip and experience Manhattan with her. It was her first time. It was a good, good experience. I, I, I have said this. I'll sing it from the rooftops. That if you have a daughter. Mm -hmm. That is just a, that's the best daddy daughter trip you can do is go to New York City. Yeah. For like four cool. or five days. Yeah. We Central Park. The, we went to the museum, of, we went to the, a museum of Natural History yeah. for a day. It just, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, she got a pretzel at Yankee Stadium yeah. with the deli mustard. The whole thing was yeah. just, I mean, that's, that's why I'm a dad. Yeah. It is stuff like that. Uh, my, my son Jack is seven. I'm taking him to Disney World in September. Awesome. Just him and I. That's awesome. Staying on the property and yeah. whatever he wants to go on. And he's so cute because like, well, dad, I don't want to go on anything that's scary. I go, honey, bunny, you won't go on anything that's scary. If you want to go on roller coasters, we won't do it. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. It's whatever. Fun. It's you and I to go and bond and eat shitty food and have a really good time. Yeah. Done. That's let's, awesome. Let's rock. But the, yeah. the New York thing was, it was incredible. Uh, being the, the father of a kid who is and every every dad says that their kid is excellent at soccer or lacrosse or and my daughter is very good in theater she just is wow. 
Um, she's talented. She can sing. She's funny. She can memorize her lines. Yeah. And so we've never, tough, yeah. we've never pushed it, but she keeps Good. heading in that in that trajectory. And so uh, her mom and I are very quietly just supporting her. Yeah. Um, you know, and being there for her. And so I my thing was, if you're going to go down this road, the best in the world are either Broadway or London. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Broadway first. Yeah. And then you could see that because also that's where your your lineage is from New York City. Yeah. So to go there and to go to the 9-11 uh, memorials, my first time there, I bawled. Did you? Ball. Oh, I fucking bawled. A lot of energy there, huh? A lot. Yeah. Um, it's a very heavy place. Yeah. And I mean, it's I'll, I was up in Canada, New York, when it happened, remembered and have friends that were uh, very close to losing their lives. Or I have friends that lost people. Yeah. One of my very dear friends lost her brother-in-law uh, was there. And so they have stuff from like Dean Witter Reynolds. They have paper there under glass. And that's, I saw that and I'm just, I started bawling. Yeah. It, it was, but it was a very cathartic experience to just, everyone should go through and see that. Yeah. It's a very heavy moment. I know we were all, uh, I remember the morning it happened and I was up for some odd reason and watched the fucking first plane hit and then the second. So it was like a very, like I was watching the news and actually seen live. Um, it was a, yeah, it was a very, very it, surreal moment. It's a, and, it's a, it was a uh, surreal history. moment. Yeah. And I asked, we're, we're in it. And I asked my daughter, honey, I assume, I go, you've learned about this in school. No, not really. No, they don't talk bit. about it. They like just kind of glance over it and that's it. I'm like, this is the biggest terrorist attack ever on U.S. soil. Yeah. And it happened in 2001. Yeah. It happened 20 years ago. Like it wasn't that long ago when it happened. I can't, but I can't believe it, but it's happening. So for me to be the conduit and I didn't say a word, whether anti pro, whatever, all I did was say, we have to go to this. And, and she We're was great. Seeing, I'm going to be out there in a couple of weeks. I'll actually go check it out. Go on there. Yeah. I'm going to go. go. I, I, I'd love to let's text me afterwards and, and, and yeah, tell I what you think. I will please. Sure. Cause it's just, there's stuff like that. I think when, when you're a parent, if you can do it, you want, I, I, I'm never going to retire with what I do. Yeah, I, I love fucking this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I love I love social media and strategy and tweaking my shit to you know uh, tweaking my fucking YouTube shorts. All of a sudden it's here and I change the verbiage. Next thing you know, three thousand people fucking watch it within fifteen awesome. minutes. That's the shit I love to do. But for me, it's having the financial means to take my kids to have experiences. Yeah, that that's big. That's that is my my role, my stewardship of being a father over my children is to give them experiences because I have no faith right now in the educational system of the United States of America. Yeah, you're right. None. And we lead, we lead, uh, more than ever, we need to be present in our children's lives because they're not being cared for greatly, you know, they're, they're not. And, and there's not a lot of sense of community. It, it, anymore. It's technology. It is. Yeah. I, I always say that first responders and teachers should be the highest paid people in any it's, sector. Of course. And they're shit. Well, on. That's because it makes sense, right? Right. It just, that just makes sense. But it's for some yeah. reason, some way you set the bar a different way. You get different talent. Yeah. I look at uh, people don't know this, uh, Las Vegas and they're like, Oh, everything's great there. We are like 48th for education in the nation. Our school system's terrible. Yeah. You have to go to private school. We're lucky that we're in an area that all the feeder schools are great. And my, my oldest now, she goes to a charter school, which is great through the school district, but most of them suck. The healthcare system in Vegas is not great. Yeah. A lot of people come here, come mm -hmm. to LA when they have a serious medical procedure to get done. Yeah. They'll come here to get it done because things are not great in Vegas. Why? Don't know. 
the school money system. is used elsewhere. Huh? The money is used elsewhere. Well, the money is used. It's yeah. The money is used elsewhere. Yeah. Is is what I know. But now it's like Mark Wahlberg has moved to Las Vegas. Yeah, that's exciting. Which is, oh my God. Building a studio out there. That's he's, cool. He's doing Hollywood 2.0. Like yeah. Part, it was Sony's coming. Yeah. That's a done deal. He was up, and I have a friend of mine who's a state assembly woman, and she's like, he was there. He's going to be getting tax credits. They're yeah. like. Just like they did for Elysian Stadium, for the Raiders Stadium, they're going to do it for the base, and it's it's paying off. Yeah, man. That's the Built thing. Infrastructure. So we we don't have mudslides, we don't have really like noticeable earthquakes, um, and it's about a thirty-one percent cost of living adjustment in your favor when you cross the state line from California to Nevada. Yeah. Full stop. That's, that's a big just, difference. That's just what it is. Um, Especially for a moderate, uh, it's a big difference for anybody, for a middle class upper middle class at any class really it's a huge difference in lifestyle 31 percent is massive yeah that's that's and I, there's a um a platform that i show people at nerdwallet.com has a cost of living and you can put any city in compared to las vegas well i do it to los angeles to vegas and it even does like a, a, a gallon of milk and the difference or a gallon of gasoline wow and it usually equals out to about 31 percent uh, more expensive here in in California, but also it, it's beautiful here. Yeah. You know, I I went to uh, Balboa Lake, yeah. Lake Balboa, whatever, mm -hmm. with a swan. I, I was That's there great. for an hour and a half. Yeah. Filmed a little bit of content, but I talked to my daughter, talked to my ex for a while. Yeah, Balboa Lake's great. Just it's funny that we don't go there, but you know, you found a great spot, and it's right here. And it's I I I went to I I landed. I went to some place for lunch or breakfast lunch, and then I Googled. Uh, Japanese gardens came up. I'm like, cool stuff oh, near yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Uber driver was dope. so cool. He goes, hey, just so you know, you have to have a reservation to get in. I looked, they're booked up for three days. He goes, let me take you. There's a park right across the street. My friend got married at the, at, I was the best man in his wedding at the Japanese garden. Beautiful, it beautiful. Place. It's really cool. And that's, I'm like, next time I'm going to make a fucking reservation, that we, don't ever, that we don't ever use here either. It's funny. I've never been. Yeah, you've never been. It's beautiful. The, the picture right on like, Burbank over the past, like in there at Woodley. Yeah, you I don't even know it exists. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. I've never seen anything there. You, it's just off to the right in those little sections. There. It's um, it, it's super cool, and I, I it, for me, I'm you know I have the day, so I'm going to see somebody uh, that she's a luxury agent in Beverly Hills. I'm going to see her later on, but my I, I want to come down and see you guys. You awesome. know, Brian reached out. And I'm like, yeah, like thank you. We yeah, we are you uh, kidding? We appreciate you. Coming we learned out. a lot. Um, the chat GPT thing, you know, the way that you're tinkering and looking at things. I love uh, your enthusiasm. And I love your uh, your you know keen ability to tinker with things and make them better. I learned a lot there because I definitely uh, I'm active on social, but I definitely don't pay attention to the metrics. And I know that you know at the end of the day, I'm trying to touch more people, and if the metrics are better, I'd be touching more people, right? So that was the goal anyway. My my porn is Google Sheets and CSV files, rows, columns, and cells. Yeah. Fuck Pornhub. Yeah. Uh, you, you send me a Google Sheet, I'm yours forever. <laughs> you send me a shareable Excel doc, yeah. I will leave my girlfriend for you. <laughs> like that, that's the stuff I live for. And I, I am looking at my data all the time. I'm testing and measuring what content works and what doesn't. Yeah. And knock on wood, so far it's, it's done pretty well. And I'm open source. I share with everybody that'll listen. While we're on the sharing subject, uh, where can people find you? Jeff.Fargo, just like Wells Fargo, but no relation. If I was, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you, motherfuckers. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah. I love you both. But holy fuck. At Jeff.Fargo on uh, on Instagram, on TikTok, and then my, my podcast is Fargo Talks. And I'm on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere. We'll make sure to put it up at the bottom. And then before we uh, we head out, 
Is there one piece of advice or anything that you want to leave the listeners and viewers with? Be yourself. Don't overthink it. Uh, people are so worried about their own imperfections that they really don't care about any self-imposed imperfections that you have. Uh, lead with vulnerability and honesty. In, awesome. in, in your life, regardless of social media. Yeah. Just be, be true to what, listen to your gut. Yeah. It's usually right. It usually is. It usually is. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank uh, you for coming out, my sir. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank Anytime. you for being here with us. You've been open invite nice in Vegas. Whenever you guys are in town, we'll, to I'm gonna come look you up. We'll go to one of those restaurants. Done for sure. Done. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you. Bro. My pleasure. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you on the next one.